0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message.
1: Several people let me know that this is the time of year where it seems like there's no peace. Sometimes there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. And it's supposed to be a wonderful, we've got this nostalgic view of the holidays as a time that's just wonderful. And I believe it should be wonderful. But sometimes, for many, it's a lonely time. It's a time of sadness. It's a time when there's a lot of stress and feeling of anxiety and panic attacks. We're going to talk today about the peace of God that that comes to be with us. Last week, we, we highlighted the first gift of Christmas. Of course, the gifts of Christmas, many times, we're looking forward to the gifts that are under the tree. How many are expecting some gifts? You're wanting certain things for Christmas. How many adults are looking for, forward to getting something this year? You've asked for something from your spouse or any, anybody? No? Yeah? Yeah? Michelle, she's the only honest person in the room that's looking forward for something. Um, you know, Christmas is, you know, a, a great time. And, but really, sometimes the gifts that are the best gifts are the gifts that are not under some Christmas tree. This Christmas, we're going to be talking about some of those gifts. It's the gifts of hope. Last year, Last week was hope. We talked about Zacharias and we talked about Elizabeth who had waited all their life for two things. First of all, they waited for a baby and they're now old and they were waiting for the Messiah. Of course, their grandparents had waited and their great grandparents had waited. They'd all waited, but they were living on that hope. They were holding on to a promise that had been given hundreds of years before by a prophet. A prophecy that a, a Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So they were hoping, they were living life every day in hope. But it wasn't a hope like I hope it's not gonna snow and I hope I get this for Christmas. It was a hope that was a godly hope. A godly hope is a hope that you, you can you can bank on it. it it's, it's gonna happen. It's a hope that, you know, it's a no-so. It's a sure thing. Because the Bible let us know last week that God is our source of hope. And with God, they were able to see miraculous things take place. In their old age, Zechariah and Elizabeth had a baby. And then they also got to see the Messiah birthed and come into the world in their lifetime. So that was last week's message, if you missed it. But this week, we're going to talk about the gift of peace. And to to kick off the the, the peace message here, we're going to look in our Bibles at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Let's all stand again. I, I know that you just got seated, but let's all stand again for the reading of God's word. Sometimes we stand, sometimes we sit. But today we're going to stand. Luke 2, 8 says, Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. It's the typical angel greeting. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. On earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Let's ask God to open our hearts to receive his peace today. Jesus, God, we thank you for your word. God, open our minds and our spirits, God, to receive from your word today. God, I pray that your peace would fill this room. God, sometimes we lack peace so desperately, God, but today we're praying that you would come and be the peace that we need in this time. We thank you for it. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. God bless you as you're seated. With our hectic schedules, especially around the holiday time, with the pressures to buy all the gifts that we need to get before that great day, how many still have some presents left to buy? We do too. If there was ever a time we needed to have peace, it's now. But we're not just talking about just... That kind of life needing peace. We're we're living in a world that's full of turmoil. We're living in a world that's got a lot of unrest. And if there was ever a time that our world needed the peace of God, it is now. This time of year, of course, how many here are on Facebook? Let me see your hands. Be honest. All right. Um, Usually around this time of year, I start to see some friends and people that I know. And they'll start putting on... Post that, you know what, I'm going to take a, a Facebook or social media break. Tired of all the, the chaos in people's lives. And sometimes we live lives out on those social media sites. And sometimes we, we let people in on some of the chaos we're experiencing. And so people sometimes feel overwhelmed by just getting all that stuff. You know, I'm, I've got my own problems, but now I'm seeing everybody else's problems. And I'm, I'm going to take a break. How many of ever feel like you need a break from social media? Every once in a while, it's a good thing to do. But, but it's not just people's that you know problems, but sometimes you'll see the news articles that are being linked to and the world pressures and problems and, and things happening. There's violence and there's pain and there's suffering. Sometimes tragedies that are taking place. In fact, the, 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 the family we prayed for today it was last Sunday morning as I get up early that I saw Sister Vivian post that this young 20-year-old girl had died here in Burlington. Her sister had attended our church for a while. And it's like you 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 receive this. You start seeing this. And it did. It, it did a number on me. I know this family. I'd met this mama. I, I knew this sister. And, and, and you can only handle that so much. Eventually, it starts to take a toll on our minds. And then then there's... You know, it's all the, everybody else's problems, but then there's our problems. We might have problems with our finances, problems with our kids, problems with our jobs, problems, you know, with the in-laws or the outlaws, and, and and some of them are coming for Christmas, or you have to go and spend time with them. So so we have a lot of personal troubles, and sometimes it gets very very heavy. Life gets tough sometimes. But it was into a world of chaos. In the middle of all that was wrong in the world, the angels declared to the shepherds a little over 2,000 years ago that there was going to be a baby born in Bethlehem. And our scripture, the last verse in verse 14 said, was going to come and there would be what? Peace on earth. Good will toward men. We need his peace on earth today. How many need a little dose of the peace of God in your life today? You're dealing with some mess. You're dealing with some junk. Stuff's not all perfect. You know, you know as, as I was thinking about this, you know, there's a lot of peace symbols that we have in our society. Um, put the first picture up there. Peace. Everybody give me the peace sign. This is the the universal symbol of peace. Do you know where this began? It, It began and adopted at the end of World War II. It was actually a V for victory is how it began. But it became known as the universal sign of peace. Peace out. They say in some parts of the world, you better face your hands this way, because if you face your hands this way, it means something else. Go re- research that one. Um, the second popular sign of peace is, don't, don't research it right now, by the way. I know some of you guys are on your phones. What does that mean? The second sign of peace is what? It's, it's the dove. It's the, the, the olive branch. In the dove's mouth. Now, this is kind of the Christian sign of peace. Do you know where that came from? Anyone remember? Noah. Noah was on an ark in the middle of a storm. And they finally landed on on the mountaintop, and, and they had no way of knowing if the waters had receded enough to exit the ark. So Noah sends out the dove, and the dove comes back the first time, nothing. But the second time the dove comes back, it has the olive branch in the dove's mouth. And so no one knows that, that God is going to let them exit the ark, and they're going to have peace after this terrible calamity has happened. So the first one was the end of the World War II. The dove and olive branch was for those that wanted the promise of peace after the flood. And then the circle with the lines in it, it's another sign of peace. I, I didn't know where this all came from, but I learned some stuff this week. This is actually designed by the British as, as a sign against nuclear or for nuclear disarmament. So when you ever see this on clothing or on somebody or they've got that on uh, some label, it's a sign that we're against people having nuclear warfare. Okay? So that's what that sign means. My mother always said, we don't like that sign. I I don't know why she didn't like it, but uh, that's a good thing. We're not really wanting people to blow people up with nuclear weapons, right? I think it's a good thing. (laughs) I'll have to tell my mom later. Um, (laughs) But these are three signs of peace in our culture. But the interesting thing about these three signs of peace, that not one of these symbols of peace was born out of a time of peace. Every symbol of peace that we recognize in our culture came out of a desperate time, came out of a time when the world was in great conflict, and there was a desperate need for peace. You know, there's two different types of peace we're going to talk about today. There's the the worldly definition of peace. You know what the worldly definition of peace is? The worldly definition or or just the the everyday definition of peace is being free from any disturbance. I, I need peace in this house. Kids, go lock yourselves in the basement. I need that kind of peace. I don't want any more disturbances. It's quiet. It's silence. It's stillness. It's a state of tranquility that we owe so long for from time to time. There's nothing like being at home alone. Nobody talking to you, wanting you to do something. Just There's just something about that quiet. How many look forward to those times of quiet? Where, where, where the kids are in bed and they're asleep and they're so precious when they're asleep. And they're precious when they're awake too, by the way. It's just a different kind of precious. But the Bible lets us know that there is a God peace that's not necessarily... Like the common worldly understanding of peace. God's peace, and I want you to get this, if you're taking notes, write this down. God's peace is not the absence of noise, God's peace is not the absence of suffering or conflict. You, you might not like God's peace when I'm, I'm done here today. But God's peace is that calm that God gives you in the middle of your storm. Now, and I want to clarify something here. God is Almighty. He is the one that when the disciples got into the ship and they were crossing the the water and the storm came up, he was able to speak to the storm, peace be still. And he was able to bring a calm to that situation. But, But many times I think we forget the fact that God sometimes gives people that sense of calm, that sense of I can make it through this, that, that peace in the midst of the storm. There was an old song that they used to sing back in the 80s, you know, I want Jesus in my, she- in my vessel. If Jesus rides in my vessel, if he's, he's a part of my life, I can face any storm because he will take me all the way to the other side as long as Jesus is with me. That's the kind of peace that the Bible tells me is the peace of God that he wants to give us. It's the calm that God gives us in the middle of our crisis. We're going to talk about it here in a moment, but it's it's really unexplainable how the people of God can go through trials and tests and they have a sense of peace or a sense of calm in the middle of their trial. It's supernatural, church. It's something that only God can give. It's not something that you work up on the inside and you say I'm going to handle this on my No, you can't handle life on your own. But with the power and the presence of Almighty God, God can take you through the storm and give you a calm in the middle of it. There's one of the Christmas carols that we sing at Christmas time. We'll sing it on the Christmas Eve service, I'm sure. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, All is bright. You know, it's one of those great songs. It's one of the staple Christmas carols. It kind of gives you that sense of calm when you sing it. It's just, it's got a good melody. It's just, it's just kind of a little slow and it's peaceful. It just conjures up images of just everything is wonderful. And for about three minutes in the middle of a Christmas Eve service, we're able to just kind of ah it's calm. So worshipful. But that original night when Jesus was born in Bethlehem was anything but a silent night. When Jesus was born into that lowly, stable, humble conditions, the world was not at peace. You see, the Romans had invaded And they were the law and order of the land. And they were under Roman tyranny and oppression. There was political turmoil. And in fact, at that time and at that season, the political leaders of that day decided we're going to put a tax out on all the people. And they all got to go to their their homes and their cities of ancestry. So Mary and Joseph had to leave where they were living. It didn't matter that she was eight and a half, nine months pregnant. She had to leave and she had to go with her husband to Bethlehem. But all that was done because the prophet had said out of Bethlehem would come the Messiah. But but it was anything but silent. The reason why Mary and Joseph had such trouble getting a place to stay was because there were lots of crowds traveling do you ever go to a city and you wonder what's going on because the hotels are all full and they're charging an arm and a leg for rooms? It's because at this time where Mary and Joseph were traveling, everybody else was traveling too. Crowds, unrest, political things going on. But in the middle of this not so silent night, the prophet Isaiah had promised. He had prophesied years before that there would be born a child. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us, in fact, let's read this together. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto, read it with me. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name. Everybody say name. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those last three words is what I want you to get today. This child that would be born, this son that would be given, he would be given a name and his name would be called Prince of Peace. He's not just another symbol of peace, like the peace sign. That's just a symbol. That doesn't she really bring you peace. He's not just another dove. He is peace incarnate. Because He, the Bible says, is peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And He offers peace today. Doesn't matter what you're facing in life. He has come to bring us peace. The birth announcement we read about here in Luke chapter 2, the angels declared, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You, you know, in the days back then in particular, names were very, very important. Much of that child. Who they would become would be wrapped up in the name that they would be given. It was important to the parents. But in this case, Mary and Joseph did not get to pick the name. The angel came and told them the name of the baby. Now, I'm going to give you two names. We're going to talk about two names here in the Word of God today. I want you to write these two names down. The first one I want you to write down is the name Emmanuel. I-M-M-A-N-U-E-L. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1 and 22, So this was all done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated... God with us. Wow. These are the people that have been waiting for the Messiah to come. And and they heard this. They heard that the angel said, he's going to be Emmanuel. They knew what the name Emmanuel meant. The name Emmanuel translated means God with us. Powerful. He's the God that created us. He's the God that hears our prayers. He's the God that watches over us. But you mean to say he's going to be God with us? Wow. They had hoped for this Messiah to come. They'd been hoping for centuries. We talked about that last Sunday. But but they now understood that this was the God that was going to come and walk alongside of them. This was the God that was going to come. He was going to breathe the same air that they were breathing. This was the God that was going to come and face the pressures of life like they were facing. This was the God that was going to walk into our mess and become our prince of peace. I thank God today. His peace. If you've got peace in your life, you've got a lot to be thankful for. In fact, I think we need to take a moment right now and thank Him that we know the Prince of Peace in our lives. When our lives are in turmoil, we know who He is, and we have His peace in our lives. Let's take a moment, church. Begin to thank Him that you know Him as your peace. God, I thank you that you're my peace. I thank you that you're God with us. In the name of Jesus. I'm glad, God, that you walk into my life, God, and you speak peace in the midst of my troubles. Hallelujah. So this very first Christmas, we're told by the angel, this child that would be born, his name would be Emmanuel, God with us. You see, in John chapter 14 and verse 9, Jesus told Philip, have I been so long with you that you don't know who I am, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, so us the Father? Jesus basically said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he meant it. He also reaffirms that in John chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh. God became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This God, the God that seemed up there so far away, the God that watched over us, the God that heard our prayers, is now walking among us. God with us. Emmanuel, one translation says, God moved into the neighborhood. Hallelujah. God became a man so we could rub shoulders with God in the flesh. He came to bring us peace. He came to speak peace into the darkest moments of your lives. Some of you have been through some trials. Some of you have been through some tests. But with the peace of God, you've made it through the test. And you've come out the other side because he has been your peace in the midst of your storm. How many would wave your hand and say, Pastor Steve, I, I can t- attest to that. I can testify today that he has been with me. He's been my peace. Hallelujah. He's Emmanuel. Emmanuel. He's God with us. And if God is with us, it doesn't matter what's coming down the road. It doesn't matter the test that's coming. It doesn't matter the trial that's on its way. He is with us. And he will walk with us through that trial. We pray he'll take it away. But sometimes he allows the trials to come so that he can show up in the middle of the trial and he can speak peace into your life. So peace the bible peace is not the absence of trouble. It's not the absence of problems. But it's God with us in the middle of the trouble. I'm grateful for that today. I don't know about you but I'm glad that God walks with me through my trials and my test. He's my peace in the midst of the storm. Philippians chapter 4. This is powerful. I wish we could get these verses. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about. Okay, we all need to say this together, okay? This is is the word of God. Let the word of God speak to us today. Read these four words with me. Don't worry about anything. Does the Bible say that? Why are we worrying all the time? Why, why do I? Why do you worry all the time? Paul writes to the church at Philippi and he says, don't worry about anything. There's a, there's a, a, col, a semicolon there. Instead, what are we to do? Pray about everything. When life comes at you, When the train is is facing in your direction and you're on the tracks and you can't get off the tracks, what do you do? You don't worry about it. You pray about it. Amen? You don't worry about it and go to grandma and talk about it. That's not what it says. You don't worry about it and, and talk to all your closest godly friends about it. I'm not saying don't talk to your friends. When trouble is coming. But but the Bible says here this is the word of God don't worry about anything, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Hallelujah. God, you know what we need today. Thank him. For all that he's done. How, how many have some things you gotta thank God for? He's done some stuff in your life. He's met you. He's answered prayer. He's, he's come, helped you get through the trouble and trial in the past. We gotta thank him today. So, so, so don't worry about anything, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Verse seven. Then, then, everybody say, then. Some of you are not experiencing God's peace. Here's the reason why. You've not done those first four things. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for what He's done. Then you will experience God's peace. I want God's peace. If I do those things, if I don't worry about anything, pray about everything, Tell God what I need. Thank him for what he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Now that's new living. I want it to be a new living because it just kind of it, it brought it to our but which pass the peace that passes all understanding, is how the King James says it. There's people here today, right now in this room, you've been through some stuff and you've had the peace of God in your life. It doesn't make sense. You can't explain it because it's a supernatural work of the Spirit of God that God gives you when you give it to God. And His peace, it will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Wow. All right, you guys can go home now. If you got that today, if you just got those two verses, you can go home. And you can have a wonderful holiday season. You can have a great 2020. You can have a great rest of your life if you get those two verses. In fact, I didn't have it in my notes to tell you this, but some of you need to go home and memorize those two verses. Put them on a card. Put them in the mirror. Put them on the refrigerator. Memorize them. Get them in your spirit. And let God's word help us so that we're not always overrun with just just like I don't know if I can make it. It's my the, the devil's on my tail. I just I've got troubles, and you don't know, Pastor, what I'm going through. Blah blah. I'm not I'm saying you don't tell me your troubles, tell me your troubles. I'm 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 here to listen. But really, we need to do what the word of God says. If we do what the word of God says, then we will have his peace that will exceed anything that you can understand. It will pass surpass all understanding. So if Jesus is in my life, if I've got the Prince of Peace walking with me, I don't have to feel alarm when the storms begin to blow because he's going to walk with me. I can be confident that he's going to walk with me and see me safely to the other side of that storm. So that's the first name the angel said. Call his name, what is it? Emmanuel. God with us. I want to tell someone here today, God's with you. He's come to walk with you. You're not to do this life thing on your own. You're, you're to take your stuff to God, get, have a closet of prayer, have time with God in his word, let God speak to you. Okay, that reminded me of something that I didn't mention today. Word. Everybody say word. How many gets a Thursday email? If you don't get the Thursday email, see see that guy or lady at the back at that table. We'll get you connected. Every Thursday, there's an email that goes out from the church. We decide what's going to go in that email at our staff meeting on Tuesday. Um, There's a a new thing we're going to do in 2020. It's called Bible with Friends, okay? And we're all friends here. Uh, We're inviting you to do a reading plan with us as a church uh, up to 150 people can do this reading plan together. It, it's the, the Own It 365. It's the one story. It takes the entire Bible. You're not going to read every verse in the Bible, but we'll cover every story in the Bible. Every major event, every major happening will be covered, and we're going to read it together. Where It's going to be a, a, a two or three portions. You know, sometimes Bible reading plans, it's like Old Testament, New Testament, and Psalms. Nothing's linked together. This Bible plan is my favorite of all time. My family and I have done it this year together. I've loved it daily. I'm just thinking this is the best Bible reading plan. And so I'm going to have us all do it together, okay? You, if you don't have a link, it's in the Thursday email. You can go in there. You can find it. You can link to it. You can become a part of the you, uh, Version Bible. How, how many have the you Version Bible downloaded on your phone or in your iPad or your computer? You're going to need that. If you're not, you can get signed up. The link is in there. I've invited you to join us. About, I think, 15 people have already joined up for it. But, but It's going to start January the 1st. We're going to read together um, the Word of God. It's powerful. I don't know how I get on that, but uh, <laughs> I said something about the Word, and it reminded me. So the first name is Emmanuel, God with us. And then the, the Bible lets us know that there was another name, We've sung about it here today, that the angel said to call the baby. This would be his given name. Everybody know what that name is? Jesus. Oh, you guys were weak with that one. Yeah, like, Was this, is this the right one? No. What, what name do we call this baby? Jesus. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20. But while he, talking about Joseph, thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph. Son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Jumping down to verse 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded. I thank God that Joseph was a man of God that listened to what the angel said to do and did it. He did what the Lord commanded him and took him, his wife, and did not know her until they, she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. This was the given name of this baby. This was the name that Mary and Joseph, Jesus, don't touch that. Jesus, come here. Jesus, it's time to eat. Get to the table. Wash your hands. This was the given name. Jesus, you better go do that chores that I told you to do. It was his given name. It was also the name that the blind man who didn't have his sight hollered out in the crowded marketplace to get his attention and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. That was his given name. The name Jesus, this is important. If you're writing down, I hope you wrote down Emmanuel. I hope you wrote down the name Jesus. Those are the two names I want you to write down on your paper today. Do You know what the name of Jesus means? It means Jehovah has become our salvation. Jehovah, Savior. Jehovah, the one who saves. And then there's a great verse in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Nor is there salvation. The King James says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name. Everybody say, no other name. There's no other name. There's no other way. There's no other, you know, it's not Mickey Mouse. It's not Steve O'Donnell. It's not your name. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the saving name. The name of Jesus is the name that saves us. Salvation is going to come through that name. That's why sometimes there's so much animosity about the name of Jesus. You know, you can talk about God, the man upstairs, the great supreme being, and and people are kind of cool sometimes with it, but you mention the name Jesus in a workplace, you know, you can't do it. Because there's power in the name. The, the devil does not like that name. The Bible says that when they hear his name, they tremble at this the mention of the name of Jesus. That was the name the angel told Joseph to call this baby. He might have wanted to call him Joseph Jr. But no, the angel said his name shall be called Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. It's the only saving name. That's why last Sunday when we baptized um, Elena in, in water here, we baptized her in the name of Jesus. Because the Bible says there's no other name whereby we must be saved. We use that powerful name of Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 6, said to them, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You want to get to God? You're going to do it through Jesus Christ. He is the only way to be saved. He is the only way to to God. There's no other way. Jesus is the saving name. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. It's God's plan. Emmanuel is God with us. Jesus is. It's his purpose. It's to seek and to save the lost. This baby that was born in Bethlehem. It's not just a nice little story for us to celebrate once a year in December and have a Christmas tree and Christmas gifts. The reason there was a baby born in Bethlehem is God's planned it that way. Because God says, I'm coming down and I'm going to dwell among the people. It's my rescue mission for those people. They need a Savior and I am coming to be their Savior. That's what Christmas is all about. Now, some people, when when people come to Jesus, they think that, you know, everything's going to be perfect. Everything's going to be wonderful. It's going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be a beautiful, sunshiny spring day with the birds singing. And, and there's never going to be any troubles anymore. Wrong. You know we should have a warning label on Christianity, that when you decide to follow Jesus, there's going to be some things that are going to start happening in your life. Just, just a little warning label if you want to follow him. You're going to have some family conflicts. Especially if you're unsaved and your family's unsaved and you, you decide you're going to... Fu- How many, when you came to the truth, had some family do some resisting in your life and, and kind of talk about you and they've lost their ever-living mind? Following Jesus, there's going to be some awkward conversations in the workplace. There's going to be some ridicule of you at work, at school. At university. In fact, if they find out that you're a Christ follower, if you're a Christian, it may even result in some mistreatment in the workplace or name calling in the school hallway. There's gonna also be some, probably some sleepless nights when you start following Jesus because now you will know that many of your friends and family don't know this Jesus and now I gotta pray I, 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 I'm woken up in the night to pray for them because they're, they're, they're without Jesus and they need to find Jesus before it's too late this should all be on the warning label but we have this image you know it's life will go smoothly uh, you will live on easy street and, and everything will be hunky-dory this is what Jesus said when he talked about life with him. Mark eight thirty four, When he called the people to himself with his disciples also. He said to them, whoever desires to come after me. I'm going to follow Jesus. Let him have a wonderful day. Walk in the park. No, he didn't say that. Let him deny himself. None of us like that. Let, let him take up his cross. And follow me. You know, living for Jesus is more than coming to church on a Sunday morning. It's a, it's a daily activity where you have to deny yourself. H- how many want some stuff that you know that you shouldn't have in the Word of God? Am I the only one with my hand raised here? We have to deny this old flesh of ours. The Bible says crucifying our flesh daily. We have to take up our cross daily. There's a cross to bear. It's not not a very attractive message. And that's why many don't come, because they don't want to deny themselves. They don't want to take up the cross. You know, a few years ago, there was a a Christmas gift that you could buy your child. For those of you that have kids, it, it was called the Jesus doll. Let's see the Jesus doll. A few years ago, this was the Jesus doll. It was the lovable, huggable, washable, talkable Jesus doll. What better gift to buy your kids for Christmas? All you had to do was squeeze Jesus' stomach, and Jesus would recite scriptures to you. Some of the things that Jesus would say, I have an exciting plan for your future. Wonderful. I want you to be happy. Wonderful. Wonderful. Problem is, Jesus didn't say either one of those things. What Jesus said, they wouldn't put in the doll because it wouldn't sell the doll. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross daily and follow after. No one wants to hear that. The manufacturers said, no, we're going to find some stuff that's appealing to these kids and these parents. I want you to be happy. But with Jesus, it's taking up our cross. But you know what? With that cross, there's also the promise in his word that he's got a peace that passes understanding. In the midst of my trouble, in the midst of my chaos, it really doesn't make sense. But there's a peace that is real. There's a peace that's tangible that I can live out. Because he has come to be my Prince of Peace. John chapter 16 and 33 says these things, Jesus speaking here, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Notice the difference here. In Jesus we have peace. In the world we have tribulations but be of good cheer jesus said i have overcome the world jump jump back to that verse for a second in the world you maybe might have tribulation is that what the bible says no it doesn't say you know if it says you will You will have troubles. How many have had to face some troubles this year? Okay. Jesus said you would. In this world, you will have troubles. But in Jesus, we get to have his peace in the middle of our troubles. We we can be of good cheer today because he has overcome the world. No matter what the world and what the devil throws at you, he's greater than that today. In the world, you're going to have financial problems. You're going to have troubles on your job. You're going to have relationship issues. In the world, you're going to have weaknesses and addictions. But Jesus said, in me, you have my peace. I'm going to give you my peace. You're going to be an overcomer through me because I have overcome everything that this world can throw at you. And then the final verse of scriptures today, I I, I just, this is where it comes down to. John chapter 14 and verse 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, King James says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. The power of that name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Notice verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, I give to you. But let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. There is a power. There is a promised spirit of God. There is the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost that comes to not only be on us, but to be in us. I thank God that God has filled me with the power of his spirit. It's the gift of peace today. If you've not yet received the power of His Spirit, He wants to give it to you today. He wants to fill you with His peace. He wants to fill you with His Spirit. He he wants the Spirit to come and be with you so that you can make it through the troubles and tests of this life. His Spirit will hold you when life kind of has everything against you. His Spirit will will be there for you when, when you don't think you can survive another moment on your own. I thank God for his sustaining power. I thank God for his unshakable peace that's come to be with us. And today you can experience it. I'm not, I'm not sure what you're going through, but today you can experience his peace. Let's all stand together. I don't know where you need peace today. I don't know what situation you need, you need peace in today. But Jesus has come to bring us peace. Yes, he came over 2,000 years ago, but he has come so that today, December the 15th, 2019, he wants to speak peace into your mind, into your heart, into your spirit. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to just focus right now for a moment. Jesus is here. By the power of his spirit. He wants you to be renewed in his spirit. He wants you to feel the peace of God. He wants you to experience that peace today. I'm not sure where where you need peace, if it's in a family situation, if it's on your job, if it's in your finances, if it's in your health. But, but today, he has a gift for you. He doesn't come under a Christmas tree but it's the gift of His peace. He's able to speak peace. He's able to calm the storm, but He's also able to give you that sense of calm in the middle of the storm. I'm going to open this altar. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and I'm going to open it first for those of you that you've got a situation and you need the peace of God to rule in. If you want to experience God's peace, I invite you to step out right now. Come and stand at this altar. As a sign to God that God, I-, I want your peace. In the name of Jesus. As people come to the front, I'm inviting you take a moment and let's let's come home by way of the altar today. How many here need the peace of God to, to rule in your life? You're struggling, you're facing things that you don't know how to make it work. You need his peace today. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to invite everybody. If you you can, just get out of your pew. Let's come to this altar. Let's thank God that we know who he is. Let's thank God that we can experience that peace. Let's thank him for the peace that he's brought, the peace that he gives, that he wants to give us on this Sunday morning in 2019. That's right, church. Let's find a place. Everybody step in a little closer so everybody can get around this altar. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I thank God for his peace today. I thank God for his peace today. Church, lift up your voices. Lift up your hands. Begin to thank him for that peace. Begin to cry out to him. He He wants to speak peace into your heart right now. He wants to be the peace in the middle of your storm. He wants to help you. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you for your peace.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram, and on Facebook, just search Life Church, and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask, if possible, from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both, and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.